everyone. Welcome to The Boot. That's right. It's The Boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week, Ken and I are diving into our first Alfred Hitchcock film with Vertigo, the 1958 dizzying crime noir James Stewart movie starring James Stewart, Kim Novak, Barbara Bell Geddes? I think so. Tom Helmore and Constantine Shane. Constantine? Hey, when you're looking for a date and the guy shows up and he's like, how about we change everything about you? Are you like, you know what? This guy might be the one. I definitely wrote down at one point, I hate this man. (laughs) What's in your mind, Gavin? I asked you to come up here, Scotty, knowing that you'd quit detective work. But I wondered whether you'd go back on the job as a special favor to me. I want you to follow my wife. I'm afraid some harm may come to her. From whom? Someone dead. Scotty, do you believe that someone out of the past, someone dead, can enter and take possession of a living being? So you and I had never seen this movie. Nope. What'd you think? From a filmmaking standpoint, I definitely had no idea where this was going or where it ended up. But the places it took us absolutely appalled me. <laughs> there was, uh, yeah, there's definitely a moment in this movie. I hadn't seen this movie either. And I was, I was on board and I was like, okay, a retired detective gets like a sort of supernatural case from an old college buddy. That's a great setup. Mm-hmm. And then he like slowly starts to fall in love with the woman he's following. He saves her life. And then she she dies, and then there's a moment where this movie completely pivots, and you're just kind of watching a man ruin a woman's life for about half an hour, and you really are just like, why am I watching this? Like, why is this still going? Like, Which, if there was ever a case for toxic masculinity, Jimmy Stewart loves Madeline so much that he meets Judy and, like, convinces her to essentially become Madeline. And then forces her up into the tower just to be like, gotcha. So he can free himself (laughs) from from her specter. Well, there's a point where you're like, I'm glad I know what's going on because it does add a secondary level of drama to the thing. But his whole characterization by the end was like, this guy needs to be arrested. Like someone someone needs to stop this person. He needs to be institutionalized. Also to insert this part where she's like, dear Scotty. I murdered a man with this other man. And now you think I'm someone I'm not. But I hope you can still love me. And then she like trashes the letter. <laughs> hmm. Well, we're going to deep dive into Vertigo and we're going to take five main characters of this movie and recast them as if this movie was to be remade today in 2019. But um, we got a couple of uh, actual reboot news that kind of hit us. Was this during the holiday? I think so. So Amblin TV has... I guess optioned. Uh, they're they're making a television show based on the Akira Kurosawa film Rashomon. Which, if you have ever spent any time in the TV industry, Rashomon gets thrown around every other notes call from an executive. Like someone will be like, "Oh, we want to do this flashback storyline. It's sort of like a Rashomon thing." And then literally the person on the other end goes, "Okay, but who is Rashomon, and why do we like them?" And you just realize that no one in this town knows anything. <laughs> like, no one really is paying attention to, like, w- the people that they've hired to do this job. And no one actually knows what Rashomon is. So if you don't know what it is, like my 
partner in crime over here. <laughs> I don't I don't know what this is. I've literally never heard of this. Um, Rashomon is a movie, a very classic movie, where the narrative plot is told in three different flashbacks of a crime. And so the movie is about how people ultimately lie and truth is subjective, I guess. This does remind me of the 2008 uh, film Vantage Point. <laughs> <laughs> a movie starring Dennis Quaid. Actually, this cast is stacked. Is that Matthew Fox? Dennis Quaid, Matthew Fox, Forrest Whitaker, Edgar Ramirez, Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver, William Hurt. And it's about the president gets assassinated and they're trying to like piece together what happened the day of through everybody, like what everybody remembers mm -hmm. who was there. And so it's about how memory can be uh affected by your circumstance and truth is subjective right and uh i guess this movie is also so they've already done it <laughs> they've already done it um yeah I, I guess i'm just laughing at this because like rashomon has just become sort of like a, a gag to a lot of people in the industry about you know cliche writing mm. and so now they're making a show about this one property, and so I think it's sort of getting everyone a couple lulls before we actually know what it's about. But the movie is awesome, so okay. hopefully the show's great. Hopefully they won't even, like, like, sometimes I feel like we talk about things, and, like, hopefully we're like, eh, hopefully this won't even happen. <laughs> this will definitely happen, for sure. Um. Okay, should we talk about James Wan? The Aquaman director? Yes. So I feel like James Wan is trying to hold everybody a little more accountable because as we spoke about in a previous episode, they're rebooting the Resident Evil franchise and James Wan was attached to produce, but apparently that's not true. And so James Wan is trying to set the record straight because he's like, I'm not doing that anymore. And they announce stuff that I'm attached to before it's ever official. And so it's not necessarily real. And it's kind of annoying for him because he's like, I, I look at a lot of stuff and I'm interested in a lot of projects, but ultimately I can't do all of them. Mm -hmm. And so when they announce them early, it really puts the heat on him when ultimately he decides not to do something to be like, oh, he's now been removed when he was never really involved yeah. in the first place. And that has happened quite a bit with this first. He was also involved in a Mortal Kombat reboot which is not happening. He's still part of the Train to Busan remake. Mm -hmm. But yeah, now I'm just entirely skeptical because I feel like he just strikes me as someone who is very hungry to be involved in in quality work. And so I, I was just like, yeah, sure. Like he does a lot of stuff, but apparently he really doesn't. And we got to stop attaching him to stuff. So what I'm really asking is, did you see Aquaman? I did. Did you see the part where they play the Pitbull original song? Oceans to Oceans? That is a sample of Toto's <clears throat> Africa. Do you know how long I've been listening to? Like, the song is trash. I've been overlooked, stepped on, stepped on, left for dead. Always against all eyes like Pac said. I'm the living great Gatsby. But these boys are watching quick and disappear like banks. It's garbage and I cannot believe it's in the actual movie and not just part of some insane credit sequence. I feel like I could go down an entire hour <laughs> about the musical stylings of Pitbull. Uh, Mr. Worldwide it. here. <clears throat> uh, for those of you li listening, check out Sexy Beaches by Pitbull <laughs> and then Wikipedia how that song was made. It is the funniest thing in the world. Um, but <laughs> James Wan. Okay, so <laughs> having heard that, I mean, my first reaction is like, man. These are the types of problems I wish I had. Right. Where people were like, hey. People are just like coming at you. Yeah. Like, they're like, he's doing this. He's doing our, this. He's yeah. doing this. Um, I get it. It's like you you want to announce projects 
with some kind of gusto and to like generate actual interests. But when people are starting to throw out like false flags, then you, uh, you know, people are probably, you know, potentially they could get sick of you. I actually think it's good for him to talk about because I actually think James Wan is a really phenomenal filmmaker. And it's interesting that he's been handed more recently these like huge budget action movies. He really got the shit into the stick with um, Furious 7, Mm -hmm. truly. But he made the most out of it. He made Aquaman, even though I'm sure like his uh, sensibilities toward it were shifted through the creative process Mm -hmm. that whatever DC does, I have (laughs) no idea, but it's probably not good. And so I I think for him, it's good to be like, I don't want the idea that people think I'm flaky to diminish my brand, which is me choosing projects that I believe in, because I think he genuinely wants, especially things in genre, to uh, be the best that they can be. Well, here's a larger question. Do we need a Resident Evil remake? No, absolutely not. We all know we don't need it. So I understand that he's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. slow your roll, guys. Yeah. No one's producing this. (laughs) Not well, only I am I not doing this. No, I think it's still but no happening. But He's why? just not a part of it. I don't know. I I mean, I feel like we've talked about this in a past episode. Yeah. But it's truly unnecessary. And. Oh, yeah. We did talk about this, didn't we? Wasn't it like a TV show? They were going to do like a TV show, then a movie or something like that? Something like that. I don't know. Well. Ugh. To have James Wan problems. Am I right? Yeah. I think it's time we. Let's get into our recast, right? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys. This is the recast of Vertigo. You were his girl, huh? Oh, what happened to you? What happened to you? Did he ditch you? Oh, Judy, with all of his wife's money and all that freedom and that power, and he ditched you. What a shame. And he knew it was safe. He knew you couldn't talk. Did he give you anything? Some money. And the necklace. Carlotta's necklace. There was where you made your mistake, Judy. You shouldn't keep souvenirs of a killing. You shouldn't have been... You shouldn't have been that sentimental. Straight up, when that nun showed up, I thought it was Batman. (laughs) I heard voices. I heard voices. (laughs) So that's what that feels like. Um... Um, okay. Vertigo stars James Stewart as John Scotty Ferguson, Kim Novak as Madeline... Elster and uh, the uh, her real uh, identity, Judy Barton, Barbara Bell Geddes as Midge Wood, Tom Helmore as Gavin Elster, and Constantine Shane as Pop Libel. See that ending? I I really liked that ending. Mm-hmm. I just was thinking the whole time, like Scott. Are we calling him John or Scotty? Because he has like four names in this movie. Scotty. Okay. I guess? So I just feel like that storyline with Scotty could have been handled. It could have been handled a little better, you know, like the the intrigue of like who Judy really is yeah. and the plot that has sort of ensnared Scotty this whole time that he hasn't realized to lead to that moment, I think could be done really well without the whole like, well, even like the controlling bits could make for an interesting movie, but just like the way this this version of this character does it was like, woof. I almost wish that... <clears throat> the scene with where she writes the letter did not exist because I was confused by that. And I had to stop the movie and be like, okay, wait. So Gavin wants to kill his wife. So he hires a woman who looks like her to act funny, essentially, and then have Scotty follow her so he can uh, corroborate 
that she was suicidal before pushing her. And in my head, I was like, well, then where did Judy go? Where did she like, I almost just wish I didn't have any of those questions in my mind before we get to the end. And he's like, oh, oh, I see. This is how you did it. Because first of all, it would make him trying to change her a lot creepier and less like deranged. Yeah. And then. Like if we saw Madeline for real at certain points. So it's almost like Scotty follows Madeline sometimes and she's mm-hmm. like completely fine and then follows her other times. And it's Judy as Madeline acting crazy. And then we don't like we're also with him like, man, this is really strange. Like she's she's almost like two completely different people. And then at the end, you're like, oh, yeah. shit, she is like two different people. Like what this that. movie really needs is a Snape-like flashback <laughs> at the end where we find out that it was Judy all along. And I think we just fixed it. Okay. Let's let's talk about uh, John Scotty Ferguson, played by James Stewart, who was a thousand years old in this movie. <laughs> and I couldn't get over it. He's he's good in the movie, but it's like, he's this, old. This, is, this is strange. What's funny is that Hitchcock blamed him for the movie not doing well because he thought he was too old to attract viewers to the film you cast him like you you put him in the movie i feel like some of the trivia made hitchcock seem like a real dick but he didn't like kim novak in the end he was like she was wrong for this i'm like i thought she was great she's fantastic and he blames jimmy stewart because jimmy stewart's too old i was like hitchcock you made a movie it didn't do great now it's known as like one of the best crime thrillers ever made some would argue it's like some have put it as like the best movie ever made like genre aside which i i don't agree with but like i'm I'm just saying like people like it has grown to be a classic and right. yet his whole mentality is just like, well, it couldn't be me. It couldn't. Yeah. My <laughs> it's got to be my leads. Well. Yeah. Rude. So what else about Scotty do we want to talk about other than the weird transformation at the end? I was really mad at them for kissing in the middle of the movie. I feel like that's the point where I turned on the movie a little bit and on him as a character. I love you, Madeline. I love you too. Too late. No, no, we're together. It's too late. Something I must do. No, there's nothing you must do. No one possesses you. You're safe with me. But I got so mad because I was like, you just in general have a little bit of the integrity of the job going. Like you're helping a friend out and you're trying to help this woman. And now you guys are making out in front of crashing waves. (laughs) I... I was mad. I was mad at them. And I there was so much about him that made me very frustrated. And I don't know how to fix that. <laughs> um, first of all, the kissing. A classic wrestle kissing. Classic <laughs> 50s face smashing. <laughs> just, just like, how can I press my bones into your bones as hard as I can? It's like every, it's so true. There's no like fun, playful kissing in movies in like the 50s and 60s. It's like I'm gonna break my nose. Yeah, attempting to like it's like that. They're always like grabbing their arms. It's so like, intense. It's like we get it. Do Relax. you love each other or? <laughs> but this is what kind of also threw me off about Scotty's character was that I I didn't know anything about this movie going in, but I assumed that there would be a lot more of his sort of phobia of heights. Yeah. Challenging him throughout. Like the only thing we really get is the scene in the beginning, which I think was a really great way to open the movie. It was like, here's how he gets the phobia Mm -hmm. at a cost of someone else's life. 
it has sort of ruined him and his career. And now you see him in sort of that low point, And this is where his journey begins. But it doesn't really come back except for that part with Midge where he's like, oh, I'm going to step on this step stool. I'm taking one step at a time. And he goes up three steps. And then he's like, uh. well, it's a cinch. Yeah, I look up. I look down. I look up. I look down. And you're like, okay, all right. But um, I do love where this character starts. Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely abhorred by where he goes. Yeah. But in the end, I'm back with him being like, like him. There's sort of a moment, like after he finds the necklace, Madeline's necklace, he's become that detective again. So it's very, it's a very strange sort of roller coaster that Jimmy Stewart gives us. Um, and what's funny is like this is this episode's probably coming out about a month after the Christmas holiday where I watched It's a Wonderful Life and Jimmy Stewart plays like mm-hmm. that classic Jimmy Stewart nice guy, like he'll do whatever it takes to make your neighbor okay. And then it's like this, you're like, chill out, Jimmy. Like he's like, Why isn't your hair up? And she's <laughs> like, It didn't suit me. And he's like, I can't. <laughs> Let her wear her hair down. It's a blonde. <laughs> So who wants to go first? I'll go first. I feel like I picked a pretty straightforward person Mm -hmm. for this, but someone who I think could easily play sane Scotty and slightly unhinged Scotty and is a little bit younger. Because what's fascinating is I guess they sort of make excuses for him being older, but the real deal is he's retiring from being a policeman because of what happened. Like he was injured psychologically and... Uh, somewhat like physically in this whole altercation and now he's like hey, i'm kind of done with the whole bag yeah. um so he doesn't have to be like super old anyway um i picked john ham man he would wrestle kiss you to death <laughs> <laughs> he would he would put you in the be ground so if he overpowering you. yeah i would love to see him play kind of a uh are, are you imagining this takes place in the in like the 50s still or is it more of a modern i think it's gone more, girl kind of it's more modern yeah but also, it's so hard to place some of the aspects of the story into today, because I would hope that modern day Judy would just be like, oh, you want to buy me new clothes so I can look like another woman? Peace. <laughs> it's true. Don't love you anymore. Mm, like you would the, the, like there there has to be some some more nuance to these characters right. than like, I'm just going to control the way you are. Than him literally being like, be this other person. He doesn't even make excuses for it. He's just like, I just loved her so much. Yeah, and she's she's the same way because she's playing that role and she fell in love with him. So she's like, I'll be whoever you want. Just Ugh. love me. Just love me like on, however you want. I let you change me. Will I do it? I do what you tell me. Will you love me? Yes. Yes. Fine. Then I'll do it. They don't care anymore about me. Yeah, I, I would love to see John Hamm kind of make that turn. Mm-hmm. Sort of an unhinged John Hamm could be really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, so great job. Thank you. I picked a guy who was sort of playing a skeptic, uh, a man who sort of had lost a lot in his life on a TV show called Castle Rock. Mm. Uh, I picked Andre Holland. Mm, I like him a lot. Yeah. I just sort of, because the thing I was thinking about with Scotty was like, the actor has to be able to fall in love with someone from a distance. Mm-hmm. 
And to to kind of I, I don't know how easy that can be. It's like, how do you fall in love with someone when you're not even in the same scene with them? But um, so that's kind of who I it got. He got stuck in my 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 craw. He got stuck in my brain. <laughs> he got stuck in my brain and I, you know, couldn't shake him. So that's who I picked. Yeah. No, I think he's fantastic. It's fascinating because I watched him in Castle Rock and Moonlight. Moonlight yeah. And I feel like I've seen him everywhere. And I don't think that's true. So I'm not sure where I get this, like, trust of him. Yeah. But I think he's a fantastic actor. I guess he was in The Nick, which I never watched, but oh, I'm yeah, sure he was great in that. Yeah, I just, you know, I think he's, I think he, we're going to see a lot more of him, too. So yeah. I was like, great. For sure. Uh, all right. Madeline Elster and Judy Barton, played by Kim Novak. I had never seen a, a single movie Kim Novak had ever been in. Mm-hmm. I loved her in this. Yeah. Uh, despite the strange characterization of her just submitting to the man she was hired to dupe and then letting him i mean we keep talking about it it's like the audience gets it like it's a weird thing in the movie did you guys know that in this movie he meets a woman and he's like you have to change everything about yourself or else i'm not gonna love you did you know that it's so shocking to see in 2019 being like girl have some pride and she tries for two seconds she she's like for so long to be like i want to be like me like yes and for two seconds she's like i could walk away and not even give it a chance and let you think you had this other woman and she doesn't um yeah. even though she's 26 and she has her whole life ahead of her um my turn yes okay so this one was a little tricky like the the the, the role of madeline and the role of judy i saw as two two different sort of core characterizations like with madeline she has to be like haunting she has to be mysterious and alluring right Mm -hmm. and then with judy she almost has to be a victim i'm still in love with you and i want you so to love me if i had the nerve i'd stay and lie hoping that i could make you love me again as i am for myself but i don't know whether i have the nerve to try finding that right actress is was kind of tricky but i've been thinking about this actress for a long time and i was like she's she is really really good and i thought she could play both of those halves pretty well um i picked vanessa kirby from the crown Mm, and most recently uh, she was like an arms dealer in mission impossible i guess is she dating tom cruise what there was like rumors that she was like after mission impossible she was like dating i don't know that would be a bummer um but she's like stunning and in the crown she um god i'm so bad at the names of the royals who's queen elizabeth's sister margaret margaret princess margaret, princess margaret. um she she's definitely always someone who gets like the shit end of the stick because of you know who their family is and so mm-hmm. it's like i love that sort of duality of just like oh she can be that like haunting alluring woman that like people would want to follow and people would want to like see and then you know fall in love with or like become obsessed with and then like fall yeah. in love and then at the end could like completely change and you realize that you know she's this kind of uh woman who's been caught between i guess two lovers like i guess she was she had fallen in love with gavin that I don't which was fully really understand. strange, which makes me wonder, did Gavin literally only want to hook up with two women who looked like his wife or he was just using I think Judy. he's just using Judy because he needed someone who looked like her to make the whole thing happen. <clears> and then he just <throat> buys her off at, the, at end. the end of it all. Uh, okay. Yeah. That could have been a little more drawn out. But that's who I picked. 
Vanessa Kirby. I think she's fantastic. And I think she is someone who has her star is rising. Got so. it. That's the thing about this podcast. We're here to find the, <laughs> the cream that's starting to separate. Yeah. yeah. I think I certainly hope she's not dating Tom Cruise, even though I feel like you need permission from like David Miscavige himself to date Tom Cruise. Guys, let me just take this a moment to say that we still don't know where Shelly Miscavige is. Guys. I'll tell you where she is. Hashtag, where is Shelly Miscavige? She's eight feet in the ground in the Inland Empire. I don't know if she's, I don't think she's dead. I think she is being held somewhere where she can be more easily controlled. Um, Okay, so my Madeline and Judy, I saw this actress in a movie I should have seen like three months ago and just now saw, and I think she is... Phenomenal. I think she's a rising star. And I'm going to pre-defend the fact that she is only 28 Mm -hmm. because I think I settled with it because I think it makes more sense to cast a woman who is younger and maybe a little more impressionable. Mm -hmm. I think that's a vibe we should get from her because ultimately Judy, I think, has to be someone who just sticks with the game because she's so desperate for the love that she thinks yeah. she holds with Scotty. That's a good call. Um, so I picked Laura Harrier. Oh, uh, yeah. Of Black Klansman and Spider-Man, Spider-Man Home- Homecoming. Homecoming. Uh, <laughs> in my head, I was like, Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, Colin, the Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> what, was, what, was the st- what was the musical called? Turn Off the Dark. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, they're all Spider-Man turn off the dark to me. Um, I just, I was so impressed by her in Black Klansmen. And I think something that you also captured in your choice is that you, like, this actress just has to be so beautiful that from afar, before she even really speaks as her own person, we are haunted mm-hmm. by her presence. It's as though I, I were walking down a long corridor that... That once was mirrored, and fragments of that mirror still hang there. And when I come to the end of the corridor, that, that I'll die. I like how you were talking about her as like someone who's so desperate of her situation, and it's like maybe it's someone who is is like she's caught in this crime now. Like maybe she got wrapped up in Gav and she didn't know what was going on, and then mm-hmm. suddenly she's an accomplice to murder, and then she meets Scotty again yeah. and believes that maybe she can live a normal life and then he like figures it out. So I think this is a great pick. I wonder like her. So she used to be like a L'Oreal model. And then what's funny is like, um, so she's like 20 when she did Spider-Man, she was like 26 mm-hmm. and was the love interest to Tom Holland, who was only like 20 at the time. Yeah. And then it was like, suddenly like, I'm going to be in this amazing Spike Lee movie that probably will get nominated as like a best picture. So I'm like really curious what, what this actress is going to do. I think when you're cast in something like Black Klansman, like I can see so many of those actors being plucked into their own. I don't know. Like, I think it's only a matter of time before what's his face. John, is it John David Washington? Mm -hmm. Is that his name? Mm -hmm. I think it's only a matter of time before he's like, I don't know, a superhero. Yeah. Because it just feels like when people like find that kind of talent, they just yeah. they want to put you in the spotlight. It's just a matter of when. Oop! There's a nude photo of her <laughs> in the Google search. Oh boy! Okay, uh, gotta turn that safe search on, Brian. I'm an adult. 
I can handle a nipple. <laughs> Hashtag free the nipple. <laughs> you hear that Instagram? Okay, let's talk about arguably the most interesting character in this whole movie, yes. Midge Wood, uh, played by Barbara Bell Geddes. Um, what a weirdo. <laughs> like, Honestly. What is her job? Oh, well, she designs underwear. Underwear. Um, and is like weirdly duh. best friends with Scotty. <laughs> But then they were also engaged. But then she broke off the engagement. But is like still an, in love with him. She's an independent woman. But she's still in love with him. I don't know. It's Sometimes the things we do. <laughs> but what's interesting about really anybody who's not Scotty or Judy is that literally no one else gets any sort of their inner life revealed. Uh-huh. Midge deserves more. She deserves so much more because we get this introduction to her as like, and I, I remember being like, I like this relationship. I like this relationship of like, she genuinely just, they were college friends. She wants to be friends with Scotty. Mm-hmm. She's his confidant. They care they're about close. each other. Yeah. And there's something really lovely about it until this like strange fear and jealousy and uh, I don't even know how to put the picture incident. Into words. I'm going back to my first love, painting. Well, good for you. I always said you were wasting your time in the underwear department. You want to see? Mm, yeah. Matter of fact, I, I thought I might give it to you. Oh, it's not funny, Mitch. Johnny? No. Let's make that movie some other night. I just, I wish we got more of her because I'm like, why can't, why can't we let them have this relationship and in the end just have Midge be the one who's like, you better watch out. Yeah. Instead of unleashing this weird ferocity of like, right. what 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 are you doing? Why why am I not so important? Like I just wish maybe they had given her a little more authority to be like, okay, like I'm gonna stand off to the side, but you need to be careful with this. Yeah, well. I I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, it, to me, Midge was someone who like. There's a great scene where. Scotty is like, hey, do you know any anyone who knows like the history of the city really well? And she's like, yeah, Pop. And he takes her to she takes him to Pop and they go to Pop and he tells this like, crazy story. And then on the way back, Midge is like, so what is this? You took a case. And he's like, no, it's it's nothing. She's like, let me guess. Uh, your old college <laughs> buddy who called you the other day uh, wanted to talk to you. And now you're following his wife and there's something to do with this painting and the story. And like she just knows scotty so well Mm -hmm. that i agree with you that it's like she's more of like a partner in crime yeah than like this you know hand-wringing love interest who's like somehow losing scotty to this woman and i agree that she should be more someone just like this case is dangerous like you should you should just stop doing this like tell him sorry you got to get out like it's changing you like it's hurt it's destroying you um I picked someone so str- – I don't know why I picked her. I, th- I think a lot of the cast I picked this week was just like first instincts and I was just like, yeah, but I'll try and make an argument for who I picked. <clears throat> so with all of that in mind, I picked Alexis Bledel, mm-hmm. uh, most notably from Gossip Girl but currently from on – Gilmore ha- Girls. Sorry, I wrote Gossip I'm going to punch you directly in the mouth. Gilmore. <laughs> did you write Girls. Gossip I did, Girl? yeah. Uh, most notably from Gilmore Girls, but also she's on Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Hands- Handmaid's Tale is why I think I'm – because I don't watch Gilmore Girls, but obviously because I called it Gossip Girl. Um, <laughs> but on Handmaid- Handmaid's Tale, she is someone who you know is living in this like post-apocalyptic world but mm-hmm. is 
very active in like trying to find a way out, mm-hmm. but uh, is is also like a very quiet and there's sort of also like a delicacy, like a delicateness to her, but a delicacy to her. Oh god. <laughs> I don't know how well this argument is going. I just saw her as like someone who mm-hmm. would be by Scotty's side. Yeah. She would be smart enough to to sort of see through the things that Scotty can't see. Um, but would also, like you said, be someone who would maybe be more active in this like kind of crime story a little bit more as opposed to like introducing him to some other guy who has information and then painting some creepy old picture of I just truly don't understand that moment because he like flips out yeah. and she's like uh i don't know i thought you would like it <laughs> i don't i really don't understand i don't understand it. but that's who i that's who i had in my mind she sort of stood out as someone who could be a little more heroic than this version of midge mm-hmm. so that's why i went with her i think that's a really solid choice because there is something very like ladylike about her but she is also very capable, which I think is interesting. This is something I noted when I was watching, especially scenes with Midge, is I'm trying to imagine the way that she is described in the script. Because I can see I can see it being something like beautiful, but insufferable. She's she's difficult. Yeah. She's not um, she's not a demure. She's not what um Because even though she's the one who breaks off the engagement, they sort of make it seem like, yeah, she's not the marrying type. I picked Vera Farmiga. Oh, that's the name I haven't heard in a long time. Mm -hmm. I think she's amazing. Possibly a little underrated, just because I feel like she's so wonderful in everything she's in. But it's also been sort of fringe to what is like mainstream pop culture. Um, But she is phenomenal. What has she been in since the... De padded, right? Oh, lots of things. She's in the Conjuring series. Conjuring. She did yeah. like six seasons yeah, 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 of Bates yeah, yeah. Motel. Bates Motel. She's of going to be in Godzilla, King of Monsters. Oh, yeah, she's she's everywhere. Up she's in the working. air. Up she's in the air. working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great choice. Oh, she was in The Judge. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't see that movie, but I read uh, that script. Robert it Downey Jr. A- tries to sleep with his niece. Bonkers. Um spoiler. Um, <clears throat> uh, I like that comparatively Midge is uh, someone who is Scotty's contemporary and can be his friend and confidant and hopefully a voice of reason. All the things we just discussed that seem more reasonable than the insane Midge that exists in the existing <laughs> film. I know. I like that pick. I think um, you can sort of see her be that kind of stability for Scotty after like his accident, like mm-hmm. someone who like believes in him and is like, you can do this. Like you just, you know, things are going to be okay for you. And he's like, yeah, things are going to be okay. And then he gets like obsessed with this woman and she's like, Hey, things aren't going great for you. Like turn this <laughs> shit around. Really reconsider what's <laughs> he's happening. He's like, right? no. You know, it's, it's wonderful how they have it all taped now, John. I have music for, for dipsomaniacs and music for melancholiacs and music for hypochondriacs. I don't know what would happen if somebody got their files mixed up. John, you don't even know I'm here, do you? I think that's a great pick. Good job. Thank you. You're welcome. Guys, 2019. <laughs> Let's all just be nice to each other. Um, Kindness. <clears throat> Gavin Elster. What a douche. Here's the thing, though. We don't know anything about this man. He yeah. appears so little 
in a story that hinges completely upon a violent act that he perpetrates. Yes. I just wish we got, I wish we got a little more of him being smarmy Mm -hmm. because ultimately all we see of him is this entirely reasonable man who's like, I love my wife. I'm worried about my wife. I need you to follow her because I just need to make sure she's not going to hurt herself. Yeah. And we never get the notion, except honestly for the part where he first is like, I need you to follow my wife. And then without Jimmy Stewart even saying anything, he's like, it's not, it's not that as if to say, like, I don't think she's cheating on me. Yeah. I thought that was really odd because he says it immediately afterwards. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. I agree with you that his character, there should be hints that like, he's kind of not who he says he is. Like he's, he's not this altruistic guy who's just concerned about his wife. Mm -hmm. There's, uh, I didn't pick up on this until I read the trivia because, you know, I've only seen this movie once, but the, the weird clue about how he hates San Francisco he liked it better when there was, like, less things going on, when there was, mm-hmm. like, I think the words were, like, power and freedom. Well, San Francisco's changed. The things that spell San Francisco to me are disappearing fast. Like all these. Yes, I should have liked to have lived here then. Color, excitement, power, freedom. And that was sort of, like, supposed to be your little taste in the idea that he wants to be free of his wife and to just, like, move back to Europe. And, and never return but i didn't get it obviously but I, so i agree with you like, like there needs to be a little more to gavin for us to land on than the three scenes so it's like the intro scene mm-hmm. uh the court case and then like the end right i think that's like it yeah which i have questions about the court case because they definitely had it in a barn where <laughs> i okay i'm i I'm just confused about what it was. Like, who? There's a jury. Why are they meeting in an abandoned building? And what are they deciding? <clears throat> well, it, that, I think that it, it was a suicide. Yeah, I think it was more like an arbitration between maybe a judge, Scotty, Gavin, and maybe like the district attorney's office. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it, it wasn't a full trial because it was ruled a suicide. So there's no. What's the, there's no suspect. Mm -hmm. So it looked like it was just, uh, like an internal investigation, but there was like men who were deliberating. And then it was also felt like they just did it in the building across the street from where she died. She died. I think that's what really threw me off is I was like, did they just call this like 20 minutes after the the actual incident? I don't, I I didn't understand. It was very confusing. Like they they Um, come to the body and they're like, well suicide you guys want to go to this old church over here and just figure this one out me they got chairs um okay so for my gavin i really just wanted to pick someone whose face i trust implicitly like we need to not have any clue that he is trash Mm -hmm. and so i picked someone who's been on several of my lists but i just haven't found a niche for but who I really enjoy and think would be wonderful in this. I picked David Oyelowo, mm. um, whose name I successfully learned how to pronounce several award seasons ago. <laughs> Oyelowo? Oyelowo. He played MLK, right? In yes, Selma? in Selma. And then I think he's in the movie Gringo, which I haven't seen yet. So yeah. my knowledge of his work is very small. But I know he's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that you say it's like someone that you trust. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess I would put him in that category. 
I guess it's hard because I don't, I've only seen him in one thing and he played like one of the most iconic people in the 20th century. So it, it's hard for me to kind of know what his kind of range is, but I, I don't think this role is really out of that, out of that parameter of what he can do. So yeah, I'm in, I, this, I feel like he should definitely be more stuff. That's not like, yeah. like it, it's like Gringo is such a movie that I'm like, wait, is that Charlize Theron? Is that Joel Edgerton? Like, why Why is no one lining down the block to see this movie? Like, yeah, he's just he's been playing small parts in mid-level movies, yeah. I think. And he uh, I think we should just give him some uh, some meat. Let's give him some burn. Yeah, Let's give him some stuff to work with. OK, so for my Gavin, I picked uh, a guy who. Very recently, you know, you mentioned it early, rising stars. I'm all about the rising stars. Mm, okay. um, I picked Henry Golding from Crazy Rich Asians and A Simple Favor. I am all in on Henry Golding. All in. I'm trying to remember A Simple Favor, but like. I was that, actually going to say, I feel like this is a very similar part. Yeah, it's a very similar. Like, you don't know if he's in on it. You don't know mm -hmm. like what his role in it. He, But he played that line of like. He's very seductive. He's, you know, he's very charming. Mm -hmm. He's very sweet. But you also know that he's a liar. Sorry, Scotty, that was rough. He had no right to speak to you like that. It was my responsibility. I shouldn't have got you involved. No, there's nothing you have to say to me. There was no way for them to understand. You and I know who killed Madeline. Honestly, you run the risk <laughs> of Scotty falling in love with Gavin. <laughs> of love with maybe Madeline. he does. Maybe that's what, maybe maybe Scotty's like I want to be these people. Like I maybe we can be Gavin and Madeline. Maybe that's a whole uh, new facet. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to Pop Libel, who was a strange character for us to pick. But what I liked about him because he's only in the movie for five minutes, mm -hmm. and he everything he does is exposition it's basil exposition uh to all you austin powers fans out there um all of so many, so many of you still holding on but um i in my head i was like oh this could be like a great monologue for for a particular actor like it it mm -hmm. leaves room for us to kind of be like which like crazy character actor do you want to see in this it's a great like stunt casting part because it's literally yeah. half a day's work yeah. and you just have to be a an old authority. Right. I don't know why I picked him. I think he's great, but I don't know if he fits here. I think it would be like he, he would come on screen and you'd be like, what? It's this guy. I picked Jeffrey Rush. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Why not? It's a weird choice. I don't know. I It was just like, yeah, he could come in. The, the, I think I'm thinking of him in like the sort of Albert Einstein kind of genius kind of Jeffrey Rush where right. he's just this kind of like old crazy bookstore owner. But he knows this like incredible haunting story about um, what was the what was the lady's name? Carlotta Valdez. Carlotta. Poor, sad Carlotta. And like, I guess maybe a little mix of the the old Pirates of the Caribbean, Jeffrey Rush to kind of, you know, you like ghost stories. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so I think that kind of bled in there, too. I think that's a great choice because ultimately, like picking an old I think he's Australian, an old accented. Yeah. actor is just what you have to do um but i i really think there's a lot to chew on in these few scenes that are about carlotta because it's a very it is almost like a ghost story that they're telling you about this woman who yeah. lived a tortured life but then he threw her away he had no other children his wife had no children so 
He kept the child and threw her away. You know, men could do that in those days. They had the power and the freedom. And she became the sad Carlotta. A part of which I really loved when they're t- when he's telling her about how her husband like took the kids and threw her away. And he's like, men had the power to do that in those days. And I was like, it's the 50s. Men can still kind of... <laughs> are we... One is literally doing it now. What What do we think has happened? Um, so I also picked an elderly British actor, as is appropriate. I picked Malcolm McDowell. Who ah, where, where it's sort of it sort of seems like he's just doing every single movie that's offered to him these days, which is great. Fine, live your best life. What's he in recently? That's what I'm interested in. <clears throat> and if you don't know who Malcolm of? McDowell is, it's like, uh, go see Star Trek Generations, people. Um, <laughs> Mozart in the Jungle. Oh, gosh. it's You have to go way back to find something that you actually recognize. I mean, apparently he's going to be in four movies. He was in four movies last year. He's in. An, he's playing Rupert, Rupert Murdoch in a Roger Ailes project. Yeah. 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 He's... Uh, He's been working for an incredibly long time. Yeah. And he yeah, yeah, is yeah. very well known. And um yeah, I mean I think he could execute this with a little bit of flair and it would be a lot of fun. I would be terror like that scene could be terrifying because he's <laughs> a very terrifying actor. You know what I mean? Like he's very he can intense. be. It can be scary. But uh I guess that's what you need when someone's trying to like spook you a bit. Spook you a bit? Yeah. I <laughs> is he supposed to spook them? No, I just think the story is he's haunting. He's spooky. It's, yeah, he's just a <laughs> spooky guy. Uh, okay, guys, that's our cast for Vertigo. Let's get to the cherry. Uh, where does Barry Pepper go? I wonder if we have the same thing. Maybe. I mean, there were very few characters with actual dialogue. I put him as the judge at the hearing. Mm. And I put question marks because I think I was like, I guess that's who he is. He's a judge, <laughs> but I don't technically know what's happening legally in that room. Okay, so the judge starring Robert Downey Jr. Yep. <clears throat> um, I put him as the psychiatrist. Uh, or Midge- well, those were like really the only two. There's the only two. <laughs> um, I kind of love that court scene, though, even though I was wildly confused where it took place. <laughs> I just loved how much shade the judge was throwing at Scotty during the whole thing. He's like, well, this is obviously a suicide and no one's fault, except for the guy who was hired to protect the woman from doing any damage to herself. Of course, Mr. Ferguson is to be congratulated on having once saved the woman's life. When in a previous fit of aberration, she threw herself into the bay. It is a pity that knowing her suicidal tendencies, he did not make a greater effort the second time. Uh, so we're just going to let it go and just make sure you get down on the record that Scotty was a terrible bodyguard. He's an <laughs> awful detective. He has a bad haircut and he, uh, he stinks. He's just a, he's just a, a wretched he person. physically stinks. And then he, he hits the gavel and everyone's like, cool, bye. And then like, James Stewart's sitting there and he gives this look just like, okay, uh, fuck you very much. Uh, I thought that was great. And he just, like wistfully goes over to the window and everybody's like patting him on the back yeah. like, well. Nothing you could do. Nothing you could do except for maybe don't let her run away up to a high tower and jump out of it. Um, 
That darn vertigo. That darn old spinny vertigo. for that vertigo. I don't have really anything else except this is with some of the best trivia on IMDb. The heavy metal band Faith No More used this movie as the basis for their music video of Last Cup of Sorrow. (laughs) Okay. I'm sure when Hitchcock devised this masterpiece, that's exactly what he was hoping. He's like, I hope Faith No More. (laughs) He's like, art imitates art. Um, Would you remake this movie? really good question i think that there is a different kind of movie here that wouldn't be an exact remake that could be very interesting but i don't know because then i just get images of like the psycho remake and i'm mm-hmm. like nah that's true man let's not do that don't get burned twice on remaking hitchcock but th- there is some part of me that says yes like i i think i would try and remake this movie because i think the the threads of the story are really interesting. And like mm-hmm. this, this movie is loosely based on another, on a book that another movie was based on. And so I think there's, there's always room for a crazy murder, psychedelic thriller out there. I, but you're right. Like to walk in the shadow of Hitchcock is, 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 you know, it's a folly, but yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I'm going to say, yeah, if, uh, smart enough people and more talent and talented enough people did it i'd say yeah i I mean this like screams like a jillian flynn kind of movie that we would all go and see like who has the gravitas as a director to remake this movie and make us pay attention well fincher kept coming to mind because Mm -hmm. it's like i don't think he'd give a fuck i think he'd just be like i'm gonna do what i want to do but i don't think he would do it because he'd literally make gone girl so yeah that's out the window but yeah i don't know i i just think that there's um potential so I'm not saying a hard no, but I am very wary because as we all remember the Psycho remake. It, it wasn't good. <laughs> it Spoiler wasn't alert, good. it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Okay, guys, thanks for listening to us this week. If you like this podcast, please check out our other podcast. Please tune in next week. we got another great movie for you. Subscribe, rate, tell your friends. Kenneth, where can the people find the pod? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on social media at The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. And you can find us separately on social media because Brian pushed me out a window. <laughs> oh, jeez. At Kinetrant Whoa, and at Flimby. Uh, that's a strong accusation. <laughs> I'm just going to come out strong and say that's what I think <laughs> happened. She didn't jump. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. This song that you picked is so funny. This album is great. (laughs) What?